Awesome job, worship team. I'm always excited for a Sunday morning to preach. It's such a good thing. Let me just say that I enjoy doing this a lot more than the announcements. Ah, this is so good. So welcome today. If you're a first-time attender, we have a gift for you. We want to make you feel at home, and we want to welcome you here today. But uh, we have a gift for you out on, in the Main Street Theater, so swing by and get that uh, before you leave today. Um, I am not Pastor Maddox. I am Pastor Kevin. I am the youth pastor at Connection Point Church. I have the awesome privilege of ministering to these awesome people. Yes. So proud of them and the men and women of God that they are. It's, it's an amazing privilege. Today, my message, let's just get right into it. Today, my message is called Under His Authority. Let's all stand for the reading of the word today. We're reading from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. So here we are at the end of Matthew, chapter 28, the story of the gospel of Jesus. It's come to an end. It is finished. Amen. Jesus, he's defeated the cross. He's defeated death. Sin has been defeated. And now we have access to the Father. God has given Jesus all authority in heaven and on earth. And what does Jesus say? I'm going to be asking you questions today, so feel free to talk to me. I want that. What did Jesus say? Go, go therefore. So who is Jesus talking to here? Who is he talking to? Yes, thank you for talking back. I like the feedback. That is good. He's talking to the, to the 11 disciples, but make no mistake, the Great Commission is not just directed to the disciples. It's directed to you. It's directed to me. It's directed to the people that came before us. It's directed to the people that are going to come after us. The Great Commission to go therefore is directed to all people. And it's certainly no less urgent now and no less important now than it was back then. So we as the church, and when I say the church, I don't just mean Connection Point Church. I just, I mean everybody. We are the church. I made this sign for the youth group, and it says, Caution, the church has left the building. Yes, amen. We are the church. We are the church. So we are talking about every single Christian believer on this earth. This is our reality, and I want you to get this. The lives that we live here are only but a blink of an eye compared to all eternity. Only a blink of an eye. Can you, can you, can you conceive that this morning? You know? And, and I, just, I want us to take a second. Let's examine ourselves. Let's really think about our week, our days, our months, our years. What are we invested in? What are we doing in life? And of all those things, what is going to matter a hundred years from now? What's really going to matter a hundred years from now? Let me answer the question for you. Only the things of God. That's all that's going to matter. So, that, that makes us ask the question, why are we not more eternity-minded? You know, I asked the youth group that question, or this question. That's, this is, it's a different question. I, and, I, and I looked at him and I said, what do you think 
God is most concerned with. And without hesitation, there was a young man on the front row that gave me the answer very quickly. And I was like, thank you, Lord. They are getting it. It's getting down in them. And they know. What's the most important thing to God? Tell me. Do you know? People. That came from the youth group again. They were supposed, you, you got to just calm down and let them do it. All right. People. People are very important to God. He sent his only son, and he was tortured, and he was to die for all humanity. I think people are probably pretty important to God, and so why aren't they so important to us? You know? Why do we get so distracted over the things that are so very temporary? You know, I've, I've thought a lot about this this past semester as I've been preaching in the youth group. Why do we get so distracted sometimes and, and by such trivial things? You know, is, is anybody else guilty of being distracted? Am I the only one? We got one, we got two. Okay, we got several people who get distracted, a lot of people on this side. Try to focus today, pay attention, don't get distracted. But it's true, we get distracted by the world, by our busy schedules, by technology. This is the biggest distraction ever. And this doesn't help either, these smartwatches. Big distraction, you know? But, but even, even seriously, we let our present circumstances, we let our present problems distract us so much. These small, trivial things that are, that are so much smaller than our very big God. You know, sometimes it, it might even feel like the distractions overtake us. You know, we begin to sink instead of swim. And so, let me ask you, what did Jesus say to the wind and the waves? What did he say? Peace be still. I think we just need to take a step back this morning and examine ourselves again. You know, if you're living in chaos today, if your life is just chaos and confusion, you're not in alignment. I, I have to tell you, you're not in alignment with God. And so you need to be praying, peace be still. You know, Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. And part of living under his authority is living under his peace. I want a life full of peace that honors him. Do you want to live a life full of peace? Say amen. Amen. Yes. So, you know, and I know that the enemy works so hard to rob us of our peace. I know he does that. But we have to fight against that. And when we're under his authority... We have the power to do that. So we need peace in our homes. We need peace at work. We need peace in our relationships, in our marriages, with our children, in our friendships, in our families. We need peace. If not, if we don't have peace, we get distracted, and we will completely miss the will of God for our lives. Which brings me to another important question. How many of you want to know what is the will of God for my life? We all ask that, I hope, and I hope we pray that. It's very simple. Let's squash that today. I will reveal the answer to you. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That's the will of God for your life today. Go and make disciples. Why? I'll tell you. There's more. Are you making disciples today? If not, let's, let's dive into that. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from making disciples? Are you distracted? You know, let, let's remind ourselves of that eternal perspective because making disciples is the only thing that's going to matter a hundred years from now, you know? 
And that's for all eternity. So what's stopping you from being used by God to help change the eternity of someone who is in desperate need of help? Because if you don't come and be that mouthpiece for the Holy Spirit, that person who is lost, it's simple. They are destined for hell today. If today is their last day on earth, they are not going to be with Jesus. And so we need to, to have some urgency in our hearts. You know, the message of the gospel, it is so simple. Do you want to know what it is? Jesus came and he died so that we might live. It's easy. Everybody can do it. A child back there on the other side of Main Street can do this. So how much more can we do this? We have no excuses. See, there's this phrase that I think about, and I think about it quite often, and it motivates me. It helps me to stay obedient and in alignment. It helps me not to give up and throw in the towel. And I'll be honest with you, there are times in ministry where you want to give up, but you don't. So what is that phrase that I think of? If only. I want you to get that. If only. So I'm going to put my name and I'm going to say something, and I want you to just put your name in the place of mine. Kevin, if only you would have trusted me more. Kevin, if only you had, would have been give, if only you would have been a good steward with what I entrusted with you with finances, spouse, a job, relationships. Kevin, if only you would have waited on my timing. Kevin, if only you would have been quicker to respond to the things that were so urgently waiting for you. Kevin, if only you would have spent more time with me and not been so distracted with the things that did not matter, I could have used you so much more. Kevin, if you wouldn't have given up, if only you wouldn't have given up, because I never left you, and I can still do it despite the circumstances. Man, I don't want, to, I don't want the Lord to say if only, because there's going to come a day when I meet him face to face and I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want him to say to me. So no if onlys. No if onlys in my life. And no if onlys in your life. I had, a, I had a good friend, and he's got a blog on the internet, and I read his posts. They're very encouraging to me. And this one was really encouraging me. It, it, it really hit me where I was at at the time. And it's this issue of clarity versus trust. Sometimes we pray for clarity. Jesus, let me see where you want me to go, what you want me to do. Spell it out for me. Show me. Let me ask you something. Is that really trust? Is that really trust if you want to know the beginning to the end? It's not. We don't need to trust in God if we know it all. You know, ah, we just need clarity for the next step. That's all we need. All we have to do is trust him, you know? If, if Jesus said it, then I will do it. I will just trust him. So this is what the article said. It said, so many times we want clarity to see the roadmap of where God is directing our lives. When we trust God, we only need clarity for the next step. Trust enables us to step into God's future without the details. The only clarity necessary for obedience is to simply and clearly understand the next directive. I do not have to know the end game. In fact, I will not know the end game, only the next play. And that helps me. Clarity, it's vital to know what the next step is, and God is always faithful to give us orders for that next step. But our flesh cries out sometimes and says, that's not enough, I need more. God, I need to see the big picture. I don't understand what you're doing in my life right now, so please show me. 
But that's not putting our trust in God. You know, what's the word say? We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, and, and I hope that speaks to you today. You know, if, if we really grasp the concept of being obedient and being in alignment, that would be more than enough motivation to drive us every single day to do what we need to do. My first point today is the authority of Jesus. We need to understand his authority. You know, all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. And we need to have the faith to believe that he is who he says he is and stop doubting all the time. We doubt so much. We doubt so much. You know, what did Jesus say? You only need faith as small as what? A mustard seed. And you can say to this mountain, move. From here to there, and it will move. There are some of us in this room that have mountains in our lives, and we just need that faith as small as a mustard seed. That's all we need. Jesus said nothing will be impossible for us. We really need to understand the authority that we have through Jesus. But if we look around, what's our reality? You know, the enemy is having a heyday right now, making a mockery out of the the governing authorities in this country. The corruption in our world is running far and wide, and it seems to be on every level, right? Right? Terrorism, it's all over the place. Watch the news. There's shootings and more shootings and more shootings. People no longer respect law enforcement either. You know, authority is being completely thrown out of the window, and all kinds of chaos and confusion surrounds us. But guess what? Jesus said that all authority has been given to me. And if all authority is his, that means he's in control. We can trust in that today. Jesus, he is sovereign over everything. He is the supreme ruler of all. He is still Lord over heaven. He is still Lord over this earth. He is still Lord over this country, even though we wonder sometimes. But he is the Lord over this country. He is the Lord over his church. He is the Lord over your lives. He is the Lord over over every cell in your body, from the soles of your feet to the crown of your head. He knows the very numbers of hair on your head. You know, when we begin to live like Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, it ought to change the way we think. It ought to change the way we speak and the way that we face every test and trial that comes our way. The Word of God is alive. It's alive. It's not just a book. It's not just words on a page. There is power here for us today if we will take hold of it and not get distracted. Have you ever stopped to wonder why we so easily forget sometimes? It's like we're a goldfish swimming around in that, in that fish bowl, and we forget so easily, right? Why do we let our present circumstances, which are constantly changing, make us forget about the God who never changes? No matter where you're at in your relationship with Jesus, whether you've known him for 80 years or 90 years, Or whether you're just going to accept him today, and maybe you don't even know you're going to accept him today, but I believe in faith you're going to to accept him today, and you're going to know him if you don't know him. No matter where you're at, it is vital for every believer to remind ourselves every day of the God in whom we serve. And I tell the students the same thing that Don Gifford tells me. Don Gifford is the superintendent of, of the Indiana District of the Assemblies of God. And he tells all the pastors whenever he goes to an event and he speaks, he has three, three things. Find a time, find a place, and guard it. 
What does that mean? That's, that's our abiding time with Jesus. We find a place, no matter where that's at, we find a place where we can get alone and be in the presence of God. You know, we find the place. We find a time. Carve out a time of, in your day. Guard over that. Protect it. Don't let anything come in the way. Shut off your cell phones. Lock the door. Let the kids scream on the outside. It's okay. They're going to live probably. But guard that place. Guard it. You know, it's that time where the Holy Spirit reminds us, reminds us of who is in charge. Let me give you a hint. It's not me and it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. You have to shut the door to the confusion and the chaos of life. Turn off that phone. You know, it's that time that we get refreshed, that we stop, that we say, peace be still in the name of Jesus. You know, we can get encouraged in that time. We can be healed in that time. We can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in that time. Watch out. Watch out. Pray in tongues. Pray in your native language, whatever that might be. Worship. Worship Almighty God. He is worthy of our worship. You will be reminded of who He is. And read your word. You know, it's then that we remind ourselves. It's then that we can comprehend the mighty and awesome power and the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Which brings me to my second point today. The power that comes from his authority. Let me just say, authority has no value without power. Authority has absolutely no value without power. You know, we have to remember when we go and make disciples, we don't have the power to change anybody. If you think you have the power to change anybody, come and talk to me afterwards and we'll have a talk. But you don't have the power to change anybody. I don't care how good you are. It's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to come and convict, not you, not you. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws that person who is lost to turn away and ask Jesus to come into their heart, to come into their lives, to be their Lord and Savior. You know, you are completely dependent upon the one who has all the authority. And Jesus promises. He promises to fill us with his power and authority. In John 14, verses 15 through 18, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Helper, capital H. It's the Holy Spirit. To be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I love this. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Man, thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. So thankful for that today. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for every believer that wants to be used by God. And that's key. You need to want to be used by God. If you don't desire to be used by God, then you don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues you know, you're saying no to the anointing that brings the kind of confidence and boldness that only comes by the Holy Spirit. You will never experience those hidden gifts and talents that God has hidden inside of you. And he's done that, I promise you. If he hadn't done that, I could not be up here before you this morning speaking to you. I couldn't do it. You will 
You will never experience that, though, because they won't be released. They won't need to be released. However, my hope for you today is that you will surrender, just like we sang the song. Surrender. Surrender your lives. Surrender your will. And submit yourself to Jesus. I am telling you, there is absolutely nothing better than to be used by God. Nothing. I, you can't compare it. You cannot compare it. So, here, here's an easy question. If all authority has been given to Jesus and he's telling us to go, don't you think we probably need some of that power and authority to do what it is that he's telling us to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't even advise you to leave the house if you think you're going to go on that mission for God and you don't have the Holy Spirit. We have to become less so that he can become more. You know, we have to come to a place of humility, and that's how God can respond to us. My point, number three, our response to his authority. We must, we must have a humble heart and a life in alignment. There is no place for sin or pride when you are under his authority. There is no place for sin or pride when you are under his authority. The reality for you and me today is our righteousness, it's like filthy rags, filthy rags. There is nothing good in me, and really there's nothing good in you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Apart from God, that is. You know, to be under his authority requires holiness as well. Any areas, that, any areas of your life that don't align with Christ must be immediately dealt we are called to holiness. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also must be holy in all your conduct." Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. You shall be holy, for he is holy. For some of you today, there are things that you're holding on to that you should not be holding on to. And Holy Spirit, today I pray that you would just reveal those things that are counterfeit to you. I pray that we would lay those things down and not pick them back up. You don't need them. You don't need that. You don't need what is counterfeit to the Holy Spirit. We have to have humble hearts and our lives in alignment if we're going to go and make disciples. If we're not a good witness, how will they ever change? How will they even want to change or know to change? The problem that we have is that when we're under his authority, we still want to do things in our flesh. We try to negotiate. Don't sit there and act like you haven't negotiated with God. Deanne is the only one shaking her head right now. We all negotiate with God all the time. I'll give you an example. Last week, I stood there right in front of my seat, and I just began to negotiate with the Holy Spirit. That's never a good thing, but I was like, Lord, is this really you? Are you really speaking? I really want to know this is you before I go up there, and I don't even know what I'm going to say, but this better be from you. Oh, God wanted to heal people last week. I mean, let's, let's be honest. God wants to heal people every single week, but there was something about last week. There was something very timely, you know, and, 
You know, when the Holy Spirit puts something on my heart, I want to do what he's asking me to do, but I wanted to be sure. I wanted to be sure. And the Holy Spirit is more than able to make sure that I'm sure. You know, it was just this simple. I had to be obedient or I was going to be disobedient. You know, and I heard, I heard the the still small voice, Kevin, who are you to stand in the way of someone getting healed today? Ooh. I ran up. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't hesitate at that point. You know, I ran up here and I shared with you, God wants to heal you today. He wants to move in your life. You know, he does. He does. He does. He wants to do it. And that's what we have to just understand, that God wants to move in our life. I don't want to negotiate with God and neither should you. You know, you know what's great about the Holy Spirit is that, you know, if we do say no to him, He's just going to choose somebody else. He's just going to choose somebody else. So he's still going to do what he wants to do. It doesn't depend upon you, but it's so good when he wants to use you. Pastor Zach and and Shelly, I talked to Pastor Zach after the service last week, and he said, right as you were going up on the stage, Shelly was asking me, is this the last song? Because I think the Holy Spirit has something he wants to say about healing. Yes. Man. That'll get your attention, I think. I don't want the Lord to pick somebody else. You know, I want to be a man like David. Who is David? A man after? Yes, I want to be a man after God's own heart. I want God to say, I have, let me read the verse for you first. I'm getting excited. Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, him being Saul, because he didn't want to obey, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do some of my will, bits and pieces, all of my will. He will do all of my will. I want to be a man like David. I want God to say, I have found Kevin, the son of Thomas, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. Amen? Lord, let us be like David. May we never negotiate with you when you call out to us. You know, David understood God's authority. He was empowered by God. He had a humbled heart with his life in alignment. He got out of alignment, but he was quick to repent, and he came back to God. You know, this is the the really cool thing that, that really helps me as well. David, he had plenty of opportunities But he didn't act out in flesh, in the flesh, against Saul. David spared Saul's life two times. David recognized he was a man under God's authority. He could have killed Saul thinking all of his problems would have been solved. But if he had, he would have been outside God's authority. He would have been completely disobedient. So who are we when somebody comes against us and we want to retaliate? Okay, I'm going to be very transparent. I'm going to share with you what happened to me a week ago. I was on campus. How many know the students are coming back? Yes. And like something was happening in the past two weeks where I just kept getting stuck behind people who had their phone out and they weren't looking at the light. They weren't paying attention. They were just on their phone. Does does that happen to anybody? Does anybody do that? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. So he's sitting there. The light changes and I... I give him a bless you honk to kind of encourage him to go, right? And the guy did not have a Christian response. Let's just say that. 
And I was like, what are you doing? I am not the person who is at fault here. And you're, you're acting this way? Ah. So, you know, let's just, let's just say this. I had this thought. I had this thought. I just wanted to pull up behind him just ever so slightly and just give him just a little bump. Just a little bump. Just a little bless you bump to go with my bless you honk. You know? Now, I know I can't do that. I don't want to have my name on the journal and courier for that reason. That's terrible. But I just want to tell you that David, he even cut off a piece of Saul's robe, right? Let's just hope and pray that Pastor Kevin doesn't cut off somebody's bumper and take that off. You can edit that out of the video. Pastor Maddox doesn't need to see that. Just kidding, just kidding. But Lord, give us humble hearts and let us not want to retaliate when people come against us. Worship team, return wherever you're at. Come on back. I'm going to close. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Zach reminded us that revival has to start in you and me. It's a personal thing. We have to come alive. You know, if it does not, how will we ever go and make disciples? Because Jesus said, therefore, go. And I hope you understand the responsibility that has been given to us. There is no use in trying to negotiate with Jesus with this. We are to go and make disciples. You know, we just have to respond. We just have to say yes. And you're thinking, you may be thinking, Kevin, I'm sitting here right now, and I know I should do this, but I just have this reason. And there's this issue. Fill in the blank, whatever that is. Jesus says, therefore, go. He says, all authority has been given to him. So go, you know. And you're thinking, I don't know how to go, Kevin. I I I don't even know if I have time to go. But this is what I would say, if only, if only, if only you would live a life that is holy and pleasing unto God, if only you would be obedient to go under his authority, nothing is impossible with Jesus, nothing. All authority belongs to him. Do you believe that this morning? So in order for revival to happen in me, I have to trust God and I have to submit to his authority. Everybody, let's, let's stand. Go ahead and play for us, Zoe. You know, I know that there might be people in here today that are not under his authority. Maybe you don't have a right relationship with him. Maybe you've never known him, but the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart. With each head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give you a, an opportunity to respond today. I want you to to respond to the authority of God and live under that peace and and that comfort. You know, he is the Prince of Peace. He is the mighty God. You don't have to live in that place of confusion and chaos anymore. If you're standing there today, I want you to to lift up your hand and, and let us know that you need to come to know Jesus. You can't afford to leave this place today without knowing him. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Your next breath is not guaranteed. If you don't know him, you can't be obedient to him. You can't be under his authority and therefore go and make disciples. Is there anybody today, anybody in the balcony, anybody downstairs? If there is, my wife Jennifer is here on the corner. 
please come and, and talk to her after service. She'd like to, to pray with you. She'd like to lead you through the prayer of salvation and make sure that you have a right understanding and an, in a, a right relationship with the Lord. I want to give the rest of us a, a chance to respond today as well. You know, I, I've asked a lot of questions that hopefully have prompted you to examine yourself this morning. You know, are you just... Are you distracted? Are you living a life truly submitted under the authority of Jesus? Maybe, maybe you're struggling with the issue of authority in your life, you know? And that's so easy. That's so easy when we have people over us that don't, don't mirror a God-like life and a relationship with the Lord. But all authority is given to us by God. So maybe you're struggling with that issue of authority today. You know, are there areas in your life that you've not surrendered and submitted to God? Is there sin in your life? Are there addictions that you just can't let go of? You can find healing in this place today. Some of us, some of us just need the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues to have that boldness to therefore go. Remember, Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. If there has been anything that the Holy Spirit has tugged on your heart today, I just want to open up these altars for this, these next couple of minutes. I want to give you a chance to respond. I, I, want you to, I want you to leave changed. I don't want you to walk out of here the same way that you walked in. You don't have to do that today. Is your life full of confusion and chaos? Invite the Prince of Peace in today. Zoe, lead us in this song one more time.